yeah, I sort of do kind of what my mom does is just accept bad behavior and not call the person on it. Or if I do call the person on it and nothing changes, I still stay. This is episode number 526, live coaching with Cynthia. She wants to know why is it so hard to find the right guy? Hi everybody, I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's filled with 30 tips and tools to help you develop your core confidence, no matter whether you're in a relationship or single. You can play a bigger game and succeed in all areas of life and love, and you can find it on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. Every week I share a tip from the book. This week's tip is step number 27, which is be proactive, not reactive. And what I mean by that is we often, if we don't deal with our past, our triggers, the things that have annoyed us or angered us, we often can just react to something without it even being what we think it is. We make assumptions, we just kind of form this conclusion. And so if you can be proactive, that means you deal with your triggers. You really figure out, is this something from my past? How can I calm down? How can I get to center so that I'm not in this reactive place when I'm dating or in any relationship really. So my challenge to you today is if you tend to be reactive, to take a moment and just take a breath and pause and ask yourself, is this something that's happening now? Or is it something from my past that I just need to deal with? And before I bring Cynthia on, I just want to remind everyone that I have this amazing Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. Cynthia is a member, as are so many women. And we are different from other groups in that we are a heavily monitored group. We don't allow posts that are just complaining and just talking about the terrible state of dating or the horrible state of mankind in general. And there's no mean spirited comments. We really make sure that, that everything is curated to help you grow on your journey to love. And so join us there at your last first date. Before I bring Cynthia on, I want to read what she submitted before coming on today, and then we're going to get down to it. So here's what she wrote. My name is Cynthia. I'm 52 years old. I've been divorced for six years after marriage of 20 years. I've had several relationships since my divorce and three were over a year long. I'm getting better at realizing my mistakes, settling for a man who was missing items on my needs list, such as having equal or greater intelligence, another who wasn't in love with me, but enjoyed me as a companion, as well as a man who not only disagreed with me on my COVID vaccine opinion, but insisted on arguing about it during every conversation. In between these longer relationships, I've had a few short, like 90 day relationships that were based on electric chemistry and very little else and made me fall in love, or maybe it was lust, really quickly, only to have my heart broken once I realized they were not a match. On the other hand, I've also had a few short relationships where the man was infatuated with me and showered me with so much attention, affection, and gifts that I felt smothered and turned off. 
Goldilocks needs that just right balance of mutual passion and shared values. That just right man may be in front of me. I'm better at not investing with one man too soon. And I'm currently texting five men, but perhaps I'm not allowing my heart to open fully. There's a lot there, Cynthia. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's my current reality. <laughs> well, I, I love how much you shared because it's really helpful. I had a couple of notes to just kind of talk about some key points I think that are important to address. It sounds like you may have overlooked some deal breakers in the past. You settled for some of the wrong men, actually all of the wrong men, <laughs> either they were too much or too little. You sometimes fell for the spark or chemistry and couldn't see red flags. And you also mentioned not letting your heart open so you could really let love in. So there's a lot of lot of things to talk about here. Did, is that pretty much the full picture? I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you wrote this a little while ago, and I'm wondering if anything has changed since you wrote into the show. Well, a little bit, just pretty recently, I've been um, texting and seeing a man who uh, has been treating me really, really well. He has taken me out on three dates now, and he's kind of wowed me with the way he's planned the dates. He's, you know, opens doors for me. He's funny. We get along really well. He dropped a bit of a bomb on me though last night and he confessed that he is going through bankruptcy. This is part of my list of deal breakers, not that it's necessarily bankruptcy, but someone who is financially secure. So I'm having a bit of a struggle right now feeling if I should continue with him to kind of find out more information and see how he's how he ended up in this position and learn more or should I cut cut and run we aren't exclusive yet or anything like that it's very early days and I am texting a couple of other men although I haven't met anybody else at this point okay mm -hmm. so that's a big bomb and yes. uh there's this place of, should I stay or should I go? And we all get to that point of, you know, is this worth pursuing? And is there the right mix of must-haves without deal breakers? What I want to get clarity on with you first is what are your must-haves? Because you mentioned that they're not always met. I have a lot of must-haves. <laughs> Number one is the person needs to be kind and respectful. They need to be similar intelligence to mine. They need to have done a little bit of work on themselves, whether it be through therapy or counseling. I have said that they, they need to be financially secure, that they treat me really well and kind of don't take me for granted. Yeah. I, I don't think I have anything wildly unreasonable on my must-have list. Let's go into those a little bit and get a little bit more clarity about what they each mean to you. Because kindness can mean one thing to one person. It can mean something to somebody else. So what is kindness to you? Uh, that would mean being kind and respectful to everyone, including waitstaff, people just, just demonstrating that the person doesn't have a short fuse, like he's not going to fly off the handle if something doesn't go his way, kind of has 
a reasonable control over their emotions and is respectful, you know, texts me back if I text, uh, is consistent with their interactions with me, kind of demonstrates good relationships in their lives. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of things that are connected to kindness. Yeah. yeah. What I'm hearing is also good communicator, emotional intelligence, able to self-regulate, some really important things. Consistency, how somebody shows up. These are these are really big. So kindness and, and respect are kind of connected here. Mm-hmm. Tell me about similar intelligence. How does that look? Well, I've, I've kind of come up with the list um, in a way based on things that I don't want mm-hmm. <laughs> in my experience. So I was in a relationship with someone who I found myself becoming really bored with our conversations. And it was based on his lack of intelligence and, and not to, to judge, but it, it was hard. It was hard sometimes to really be myself having conversations about my work or like, sometimes I could tell he was just lost. So yeah, it would be important that the person can discuss a variety of topics and just be curious in the world too, to learn more. Curious, not boring, knows about a lot of things kind of can contribute to your life and maybe inspire you in some way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can add to that too. Like I, I am quite active. I really like kayaking and hiking and cross-country skiing. And I could not be with someone who's a couch potato. So that would be definitely a must have. Um, a nice to have would be someone who can push me in that way, who can kind of plan those types of activities and suggest things that maybe push me a little bit. Um, I'm, I am active, but I'm better if someone does the suggesting. So that's another must have would mm-hmm. be physically fit or healthy, um, takes care of their health, probably more global. Like how do they eat? How do they yes. sleep? They take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. No, um, smoking, no drugs too is that would be a deal breaker. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to the deal breakers in a minute done work on himself. And so how would that show up? Ah, it could have, could be just reading a lot of maybe self-help books, uh, just an obvious bit of self-reflection and looking at, I mean, at my age and probably the man who I'll be with would be a similar age to me. And they most likely have gone through some breakups or difficult relationships and kind of how have they worked through that? What have they done to work on themselves and to look at their part in the um, breakdown of past relationships? Mm -hmm. So learning from the past, growing, I would say maybe a growth mindset in general, like somebody who's willing to grow and learn and be curious. A lot of the things that you're talking about fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Talk about financial security. What does that look like? Well, again, based on like my marriage, I was kind of the breadwinner. We had a lot of financial stress because of my ex's spending habits and also um, the way, just the way that he handled money. Like he worked, but he didn't make enough money to support the type of lifestyle that he wanted. And so we ended up in. Um, some credit card debt. And he eventually lost a business after we 
after we broke up, but it was very stressful. And I, I didn't enjoy that feeling of being kind of the person who had to kind of pay for everything and worry about the bills. And, and I just, I don't, uh, now that I'm on my own, I'm, I have no debt. Like, I just don't want to ever be in a situation like that again. It sounds to me like if we change the word secure to responsible, that would cover what you're talking about. The problem with saying financially secure is that finances are not often secure. The economy right now is not very secure. And so people lost a ton of money in the stock market and COVID brought job loss and people who were very responsible lost security. When somebody's responsible, they then rebuild wealth. They don't invest irresponsibly. They follow their finances. They pay attention. They don't sit on the couch, not earning money. Right. So it kind of, it's, it's sort of an umbrella for a lot of the things I think that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Responsibility is different. Yes, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that brings us back to the guy that you've been on three dates with who's bankrupt, that having that conversation would be really important because you would learn about what happened and yes. then you could make a decision whether that person has a growth mindset are they rebuilding wealth you know so you you show up as curious and you ask those questions before you get more involved yeah instead of just writing somebody off and there have been some really beautiful stories of people dating people who found out later that they had debt and it depended on what that debt was from. And one of the stories that I heard was the debt came from somebody trying to help a friend who was really struggling and couldn't pay their rent or their mortgage and was at risk of losing their house. And so they helped them out, but they helped them out so much that they became in, they were in debt themselves. So that's not financially responsible, but they did it from a good place. Mm -hmm. So how do they then rebuild? And some people really never have training. They don't really understand their finances, but if they're willing to learn, then that may make a difference to you. So if you can be open about how this shows up and also when we get older, people generally end up in mismatched financial partnerships and they then figure out how to make it work if everything else is great. So I had a client who made a lot more money. She had a lot more saved than the man she had been in a relationship with. And she loves to travel. And the way they made travel work is that she maybe bought the tickets, but then he paid for all the meals and maybe he paid for the hotels and maybe he had points and he could pay for the hotels. She wanted this relationship to work and it worked in every other way. So they figured out how to make it work around finances. I'm just inviting you to sort of expand a little bit about how you see some of these things. Somebody may not be as physically fit as you, but may be open to it. Maybe they just got over an injury and they gained a little bit of weight and now they're back in it and they really want to get back into the shape they used to be in. And so we don't always see all those things right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. same thing with intelligence. A lot of times we look at markers like what degrees do they have? Where did they go to school? And that doesn't really tell you a lot about a person. The conversations you're having tell you a lot more. Can I feel, do I feel seen and heard? Do I feel that this person is adding value to my life and we're both adding to each other's lives? 
or am I carrying the weight of everything, which it sounds like you did in the past in your marriage, you carried the weight of finance, you carried the weight of different things here. And so you don't want to repeat those things. Absolutely. Okay. So those are the must haves. And I think, you know, narrowing these down is good, but pay attention to them and don't overlook any of them. Now let's go on your deal breaker list. Sounds like some of them were the opposite of your must-haves, but tell me, tell me what those deal breakers are. Any sort of smoking or, or drugs, even like recreational, like marijuana is legal here in Canada. And I, I, but I don't do any of that. And I wouldn't, I don't want to be with anybody who does so. And that's quite common. I found that to be quite a hard thing to differentiate for, for, because a lot of people do that recreationally I'm finding. But that is definitely a deal breaker. I, I don't feel comfortable with it. Someone who is overly critical, unkind, someone who is just not interested in exploring their own emotional world, who isn't willing to go deeper in a relationship, who is just very surface, someone who is avoidant or um, anxious. I know that those type of attachment styles do not work with me. I tend to be a bit anxious. So I know from experience that uh, the avoidance piece in particular, that kind of a, a person, it's like oil and water and the um, the anxious style person tends to be, I think that that kind of man who is showering me like so much attention and, and tends to just turn me off and give me that ick. So I don't, I don't want anybody who's anxious. Yeah. Like I mentioned, somebody who's not physically fit or kind of health conscious. I think that's about it. And you mentioned finances too. Yes. Mm -hmm. So somebody who's financially irresponsible, would you say? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about the drugs thing. So I, I understand smoking. It's a health hazard. Drugs, if they, if it is so common because it's legal, what what is the issue for you? If it's something like, okay, CBD oil, right? If you're using that for an injury or if it's medicinal in that way, but it can be a bit of a slippery slope in my experience. And I grew up, my, my dad was a narcotics officer. I just don't, <laughs> I don't have tolerance for it. I went out with somebody who we were watching a movie or something. And, and he just said, oh, I'm just going to have this gummy and I, I just want, and, and I just thought, well, why? Like you're with me, like, why do you need to alter your state when we're having this time together? And I, I just know, I, I don't feel good when someone is, it's around me and they're doing that. But again, if it's something medicinal and it's occasional, okay, I have a bit of tolerance, but for recreational use, and I, I just don't like it. Mm -hmm. So it makes you feel that they're taking themselves away from the situation and they're not being fully Eight present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to just have this conversation expanded a little bit because marijuana is so common today. And if you might have like a great match with a guy who occasionally vapes or takes a gummy or does something because we all do things to relax, you know, whether people have a glass of wine or a beer, people all have different ways that they chill. And so if it's not an addiction or a, a, a numbing, mm -hmm. is, is that your kind of bottom line? Yeah. Yeah. And 
I mean, the same would go for me for, with alcohol. Like I, mm -hmm. I have the occasional drink, but certainly not every day. It's just not part of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be with somebody who's a project or somebody who's not taking care of themselves or somebody who turns to substances in order to work through stuff instead of talking about them. Kind of inviting you to, to look underneath some of these so that you don't overlook somebody great mm -hmm. who might have one of these things and you immediately get triggered and say, no way. Yeah, so. I would say for, for me, if anything, I, when I get into a situation and there's one of my deal breakers, it's, I'm having to really talk myself into sticking to my list. I have a hard time just adhering to those must haves. And I talk myself into staying with the person. So <laughs> I need to kind of adhere to my own standards a little more because I let these relationships with clear deal breakers, I let them go on too long. Mm-hmm. And do you address them when they come up? There was a man who wanted really just a companion. And he even said that I was a good companion. And he even at one point said that he's not in love with me. When that first happened, that should have been the end. But I did. I kind of talked myself into staying. Yeah. I really enjoyed him. I loved his family. He was very good to me. So I, over, I chose to talk myself into staying. So the red flag shows up and you go, but all these other things are here. That's why it's important to narrow down the red flag and the must have list because that you have to stick with them. They can't be 30 items long. If you're choosing five things, those five things have to be present or not present in the deal breakers in order to make the relationship work. And what you've done in the past is shove them under the rug and say, oh, but when do you first remember doing that? Like, do you have the earliest memory of seeing something really bad in a relationship and pushing it aside? Oh, probably with my, with my ex-husband, he was very selfish and narcissistic and he would just do his own thing all the time and didn't kind of put the family first. And so I would talk myself into it. Like I would say, okay, well, is that really a reason to get divorced? So all of the, there, there were many, many things, but I was, that was kind of a theme where I just tell myself, oh, well, is it really that bad to get divorced over to the point where there was affairs and I would still be talking myself into, well, can I forgive him? Like, is this reason to get divorced? <laughs> and I stayed for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I, I, when it first showed up was very, very early on and yeah, my own makeup in my own um, tapes in my head of the meaning of marriage and just not wanting to be divorced kept me there for a long time. I totally understand that. And you're not alone. <laughs> that's for sure. A lot of this comes from our own belief in what partnership really looks like, what it is that you really desire. And do you have a right to desire a relationship that really is fulfilling or are you asking too much? Growing up, what did you observe in terms of love, your parents? What what was their relationship like in terms of affection? Yeah, my parents are not very affectionate people. In fact, I just was with them for two weeks visiting them. And uh, well, I didn't see any affection between the two of them, but they both hugged me hello. And then 12 days later, hugged me goodbye. 
<laughs> that was it. There was no other touch. That's just them. But in terms of, yeah, their relationship, I saw my dad making decisions and then informing my mom. And then they would be, there would be an argument because it wasn't discussed first. And my mom just kind of being angry and it not really being resolved because my dad would do it again. He would just, mm-hmm. you know, purchase something or make a plan to go somewhere or his job would get transferred and there would be just like, well, this is the way it is. And so my mom kind of felt, she feels a lot like a victim that she victim of circumstance. And so even where they live right now, they live on the East coast, uh, very far from where my brother and I live. We both live here in the West and, um, she said, well, that wasn't my choice. I said to her, well, mom, you always have a choice. And she just was quiet. But I, there was a lot of that where kind of decisions were made and there wasn't agreement. Yeah. So your model for marriage was pretty dysfunctional. It was yeah. your father holding all the power, your mother expressing anger, but nothing changing. And right. so what did you learn from that, that you applied in your own life? Yeah, I sort of do kind of what my mom does is just accept bad behavior and not call the person on it. Or if I do call the person on it and nothing changes, I still stay. Yeah. Like when you mentioned your point of view on the COVID vaccine and dating somebody for a while who had a very different way of thinking and would argue with you and push back, right? He pushed on your boundary. It sounds like that you had very definite feeling about this and yet you stayed. And so when you stay in a relationship with somebody who violates boundaries, who needs to be right and makes you wrong Mm -hmm. in, in getting there, it's a recipe obviously for a, a relationship ending and you being unhappy in the long run. And yet there's a part of you that it sounds like you want to keep the peace or you you want to believe that maybe saying things in a certain way or acting a certain way might change things. Is that something that plays in your head? Yeah, I do. I do express my concern, like in the, the person who argued all the time, I did kind of say, and it wasn't necessarily like just about the COVID vaccine. It was the, the arguing about it. Like just every single conversation, it would come up in some way. And I, I did say to him, like, can we just agree to not talk about this? Because it's, we're not, we don't agree. And that's fine that we don't agree, but we, you keep bringing it up and I don't want to talk about it at all. That's where the boundary was crossed, that he would just keep bringing it up despite my request. It took me a little while, but it, it did eventually be the, the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just getting so frustrated. Um, so I think I'm getting better at, at it, but it takes me a long time to, to get to that point where if I see a boundary is being crossed repeatedly, even if I do bring it up with the person, um, yeah, I, but that's my, my work is to end it sooner as soon as I see a red flag. <clears throat> well, to yes, talk about it, 
um, and talk about it in an effective way. So I want to talk to you a little bit about communication yeah. and how to set boundaries. And so my question is, because I didn't hear this in this conversation um, about the COVID vaccine, were you able to say how you felt? You're saying, don't do it. Can we just not do it? And then he just continued to do it. Did you talk about how it made you yeah, feel? That's a good point. No, I didn't. Okay. So that's an area that most of us don't, don't include. We get angry. We get upset. We try to just not talk about the thing that upsets us, but we don't necessarily say when you talk about the vaccine, after I've asked you not to, this is how I feel. So tell me now, how did you feel? Can you conjure that up? Uh, yeah. When, when you repeatedly talk about the, the vaccine and the way it's affecting your life and your kid's life and your frustrations about it, I feel like you're not listening to what I'm asking you and you're not, I feel hurt that you, you're not respecting what I'm asking. And I guess disrespected that, mm -hmm. uh, that you, you aren't um, honoring what I'm asking. That's good. So you got there at the end. Ooh. The first thing you said was, I feel like you're, that's not a feeling. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a judgment of what he's doing, which is going to make somebody defensive. I feel like you're not listening. I feel like you're not respectful. So a better way would be, I feel like I'm not being listened to. No, like get the like oh, out. Like, okay. I feel I, like takes you away from the feeling. I okay. feel unheard. Okay. I feel hurt. Mm. You know, you got there at the end. Mm. I feel hurt. I feel disrespected. I really have a need for respectful conversation. And if that's not going to happen, here's what I need to do. That's the part that's also missing. What you do is I'm pissed off. I'm still pissed off. I'm really pissed off. So this is your mother. I'm angry, but I'm staying. I'm yeah. angry, but I don't really have a choice. You know, you have a choice. So you're, you're one step further. The missing piece is feelings and needs have to be expressed and a consequence. This is what's going to happen or making a simple request. So I'm making this request and the person says, yes. And then we have to have markers. Like, how are we going to know? What are we going to do next time? If it does come up, this is what's going to happen. And so then you follow through and you're true to yourself. This is you being respectful of you by saying, I respect myself too much to stay in a relationship where somebody doesn't respect me. Mm, I like that. It's a practice. It's <clears throat> a practice to... Pay attention to the red flags. Know that you have the right to have what you need and how to feel what you, how you want to feel in a relationship. And the check-in, and I do this with my clients, is I have them check in and debrief after every date. Because if you're not debriefing, you're kind of going, well, I, I had a good time. He comes from a good family. We had good conversation. I'll see him again. And then, but you know, this thing that me, I felt kind of icky about, but, but he comes from a good family. <laughs> so yes. we get back into that rut. There are some debriefing questions that I would like you to ask yourself in the future after every date, after every phone call. And I call this my three, two method. 
And so it's after every date, find three things you like about the person. We always start with the good. We liked that he came on time, that he was kind, he opened doors, he planned. Find two things that are yellow or red flags. So here's where you're starting to think about like, oh, he's bankrupt. Hmm. Is this an absolute deal breaker or is this something I can talk to him about? We're deciding, okay, this, this is something you can talk to him about. Then you can decide, is he completely financially messed up? Does, has it been going on for a long time? Is this something he was blindsided about? Is he paying attention? How is this going to affect me? You know, you start to really ask yourself. So you felt something when he shared that with you. Then the other part of this is three things you thought you did well on a date and two things that you would like to do differently or improve on next time. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices, your smartphone, your tablet, your PC or Mac, Fire TV, and any Alexa-enabled devices like the Amazon Echo. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. Let's go through the three things that you did well on the last date that you were on with this guy. I let him plan what we were going to do. I expressed my appreciation. I think I was engaging. I shared a, a little bit about myself without going too deep on like the third date. And I think I was a good listener. Okay, perfect. What are two things you would do differently next time? I don't think there's anything I would do differently. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was nice. Yesterday we went on a, a really light, long walk. It was a beautiful day. We, our dogs met and we went to this dog park and then um, we both went to our houses and changed. And then he picked me up and we went to the lake and watched the sunset and walked along the beach a little bit and then had a, had a drink at a bar. And then he drove me home and I think it was a lovely date. So that's a lot about what he did and yes. not what you did. And so um, it does sound lovely. It sounds like it was a nice connection. You told me that at the end, he shared this big bomb. Mm. Would you, with the knowledge you have today, after today's session, would you have addressed this in a different way? I think maybe I would be a little more curious. Like I was asking some questions, but I still have more and maybe ask him actually express that I need a little bit of time to think about this. And I do like, I, and I kind of reflected on it the rest of the evening. And then this morning about this and talking to you, I did thank him for sharing. Like that's a big deal. He didn't have to share that with me on date three, but I appreciate that. Yeah. After talking to you, I, I think I, I could going forward, say, talk about the feelings like, yeah, I felt a little bit of a sinking feeling when he told me about the bankruptcy because of my own past. So sharing that with him. Yeah. Sharing feelings is always a way to create vulnerability and intimacy. And 
you're also sharing your needs because you have a need for financial responsibility. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to say, I'm looking for somebody who's financially responsible. And so mm-hmm. I really need to know more about this because it it evoked a feeling in me of dread or insecurity. And I really like you a lot. And I'd love to know more to see if this is something I can continue to explore with you Mm -hmm. or whether it's a real deal breaker for me, you know, and that's, that's honesty. People come with their past and their histories and it doesn't really matter what they did. It matters who they became and it matters where they're going. Right. So sharing those feelings, sharing the fact that this is a deal breaker for you. So you are curious to know more because you like so much about him, Mm -hmm. giving him appreciation and positivity, but you're also saying, Hey, listen, this isn't something I'm just going to shove under the rug. You're no more rug shoving. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I was so surprised too. Like, yeah. So it's, I, I needed the time to think about it, but yeah, yeah. Forward, I, I, I like that little script. Yeah. And I think saying I need more time is totally valid. I, I think that when you are shocked, you can't think straight and yeah. saying that out loud Wow, that was that was a surprise. Thank you for sharing that. I really need to process this. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're triggered or you feel in any way that you're not thinking straight because something came out of left field or you are just too upset about something, it's always best to say, I need to process. I need time. So yeah. let's go to th- three things you liked and two things that might be yellow or red flags, and then we'll wrap up and I'll give you some homework. Three things I liked. He um, he did all the planning. He was dressed casually, but he he looked nice, and he had he had a plan. Like I I did I say that already? <laughs> I yeah, like, you you really like the I plan. Like, <laughs> I, I like when somebody has a plan. His plan was considering my needs. Like I I, I have a broken hand, mm-hmm. and so he was very considerate to like he even said, like, I, I can't play, we can't go for a bike ride. I'm really worried about your hand. And so he kind of expressed concern for me. I liked that. That's good. That's three. So he's showing you some emotional uh, intelligence, some caring empathy. He takes charge and plans at least now, and he wants to kind of be a provider for you in this way. And that is appealing because it sounds like you took the burden of so much of the last relationship when you were married, for sure, that you fell into a role where you suppressed your needs and and took over for the majority of all the heavy lifting. Mm, Yes. Even as you get to know someone, you can share things like that. I really appreciate a man who takes charge because- I've had to take charge in the past and I don't want to do that. I want this to be more of an equitable relationship. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of painting a picture as you go about your needs and what you want to reinforce with the people that you go out with. Okay. So two things that might be the red or yellow flag. So we have the bankruptcy. The bankruptcy. And he's mentioned that he has not a, a big house. Two of his children live with him. And his one child and his girlfriend live in the basement and he has another couple renting a room from him. Feels a little unsettling to me mm-hmm. that he has all of this going on and they all pay rent. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I don't know. I need to learn more, I guess, about that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so that's a yellow flag that's not yet a red flag. And I would say definitely get curious about that. How does that work for you? Because something came up for you around that. And I would always check in with yourself. What is going on for me when I hear small house, two kids, people renting, lots of people living in this small space? What what are the feelings that you had around that? Just I, I picture myself in, in that world and I'm quite private. I live alone. I have a, a lot of space and uh, just picturing myself, how, how would that work? How would I fit in when there's all of these people? The feeling was worry, concern. Mm-hmm. So do you see how going to that level helps you to clarify, this is actually a need of mine. I have certain needs that I've dismissed and made other people's needs more important in the past. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get to homework now. Your homework is really to get clarity around your feelings and needs when you're having conversations with men about things that are controversial for you, things that are yellow flags before they become red flags. Get curious and tell them why you're asking these questions. So you're saying, when I heard this, I felt this because I have a really strong need for respect. I have a strong need for privacy. And I'm just wondering how that could work if we ended up together in the future. Tell me more about this and tell, you know, so you're coming in with curiosity, but you're also expressing feelings. You're Mm -hmm. expressing that around the finances and here's why this is important to me. So it's adding these layers of not only getting your needs met in a relationship early on to see if somebody can meet your needs and you can meet theirs, but you also are expressing, this is my must have list because you're, and you're reinforcing those things that do work, but you're not going to dismiss the things that don't work. I like that. Yeah. Just acknowledging that, yeah, those yellow signs are there. Um, yeah. Connecting it to the feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we close, I'd love to hear some of your feedback on how this went for you. What are your big takeaways? Oh, this went really well. I, I really liked the idea of reflecting back on each date and I like the three, two, one. I think that's a really good tool because uh, it, it forces you to go deeper and find it like the, it helps you kind of learn about yourself more. What is, what is the reason why that the, all the renters bothers me, (laughs) right? Like I, I just discovered that now. Okay. That, that is why I'm more private. I have the need for a little bit of quiet and um, yeah. So it, it helps you get clear clarity. Yeah. The more clear you are, the better your relationships will be moving forward because you will not overlook your needs for somebody else's. You won't dismiss them as quickly. You won't be like, well, that kind of bothered me, but everything else is working because, and I've said this so many times, one deal breaker makes every, every positive null and void. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter how good looking is, how wonderful his family is, how smart he is how much attention he pays, how kind he is. If he is going to have one of those deal breakers, he he sits on his butt and doesn't do anything. He's not willing to be open to learning and growing. You're not going to be able to have conflict resolution 
you're going to grow and he's going to stay stagnant and it won't matter how wonderful he is today. So you can't dismiss those. I think your lists are very reasonable and I think you need to be true to yourself because that relationship is the one that needs to be the strongest, that you're not going to abandon you, Cynthia, for anybody in the future. Mm -hmm. That was excellent. Thank you so much, Sandy. My pleasure. Thank you for, for allowing me to coach you live. And I'm sure many people will get a lot of value out of this because you're definitely not alone in how, how we really just abandon ourselves and how we don't express our feelings and needs. And so Goldilocks will find the right, the right temperature porridge and the right bed and, and the right man because he is out there. He's he's just not the man that you're going to somehow mold out of the wrong person. He has to show up with the right qualities. And then you can build on that foundation and not abandon the things that you need the most. I will trust in that faith. And uh, I thank you very much. You're welcome. Let me know how it goes. Please stay in touch. And uh, thanks everybody for listening today. If you love our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered, and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half-hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.